is Wednesday, October 14th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is the Daily Come On Now MMA Podcast. And today's topics, Aljamain Sterling looks like he's going to get his UFC title fight. And if I'm Corey Sandhagen, I'm expecting an edible arrangement to come my way. The ongoing saga between Dana White and Conor McGregor has taken a turn. White said that McGregor has to take it or leave it for a 2021 fight. McGregor seems to have taken it. But then McGregor is trying to negotiate a deal where he can fight in Dallas Stadium. And if I'm the UFC, I say it's January 23rd, yes or no, and we pick the location, not you. Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson have been disrespected by the UFC. And there's no denying that especially if Michael Chandler is going to get paid more than both of them before he has even fought a single UFC fight. You can't defend that. It's just straight up slap in the face to Poirier and Ferguson. It seems as if Aljamain Sterling's long nightmare has come to a close. And it also seems that Corey Sanhagen can probably expect some, uh, maybe an edible arrangement to come to his doorstep in the next few days because I honestly believe that if Marlon Marias had defeated Corey Sanhagen this past weekend that Petr Jan would be fighting Marlon Marias and not Aljamain Sterling. As it turns out, Sterling is going to be fighting Jan at UFC 256 and that was announced today. Um, Dana White told Yahoo Sports that it will be the co-main event of that card. This is interesting because we know that Sterling's been waiting for this title shot for quite a while because his fight against Sanhagen, which took place in June, was, according to Dana White at that point, a title eliminator. And he was asked this at the media scrum and if, if the fight was going to be a title eliminator, and White said, yeah, I agree for sure. Well, as we know, that never came to fruition, and I honestly think that is because, what, for whatever reason, the UFC has a problem with, with Sterling, and they were not going to give him that title shot until he, until every other option was absolutely exhausted, and that happened when Sanhagen beat Marias because... As we know, back in June, when, when the fight took place between Sterling and Sanhagen, Sterling won that fight by first-round submission. And so he rightfully deserved to get the title fight announced back then. But White kept hedging and hedging and hedging, and it just seemed like obvious that there's a problem with Sterling somewhere. And I still believe that that problem is the fact that Sterling tested free agency earlier in his career, and that didn't sit well with White and the UFC. And so they, for whatever reason, dragged out this title fight until they could not drag it out any longer. I mean, if they would have named Sandhagen the title fight, sorry, I got distracted by a Conor McGregor tweet that he was going to fight on January 23rd. So my bad. So if he would have... If the UFC would have made the Sandhagen Jan fight, I don't I don't know what would have happened. I mean, obviously nothing would have happened because the UFC can do what it wants. But 
you're going to have a hard time legitimately explaining why Sterling would have would have been overlooked again. And while I would like to know the reasoning for Sterling being an overlooked for so long, I, I don't think the UFC is ever going to offer that up. So just be glad. I think we should all just be glad that the rightful fighter is getting a title shot. Now, if Sterling does not win this, I don't see him getting a rematch until he goes on a very lengthy winning streak because he's had this much difficulty getting the title shot to start with. Not going to not going to get a rematch for for quite a while. So, if I'm Aljamain Sterling and Aljamain Sterling's team, I'm treating this fight as if it's the first and last title shot I'm going to get because it very very may well be. The ongoing drama between the UFC and Conor McGregor. We offered him a fight. We got him his own date. We didn't have a date this year. We have everything laid out for this year with world champions fighting for titles. He wants to fight Dustin Poirier apparently, so we went to ESPN and got him his own date. He's been offered Dustin Poirier on January 23. It's a yes or no answer. Uh, McGregor was angling for a fight in 2020, and he said that he wanted to fight Poirier in 2020, and he was going to use this fight as a more or less warm-up against the Southpaw so he could fight Manny Pacquiao in 2021. Okay, so... He didn't want to take a fight in 2021 because he's gonna have he's he's gonna angle for the Pacquiao fight, which okay, I don't want to see, I don't care one bit about it, but okay, that's you know if he can get money and he can get suckers to pay to see him get knocked out, cool. Um, so White said no, it's not 2020, it's 2021 or nothing, and then he also said that's not how it works. We laid out this year he was retired. Would anyone disagree he was retired? Through this crazy pandemic year we've gone through, we've faced a lot of challenges. There were a lot of things done to make this thing work out. We made it happen. We have our schedule laid out. Fighters have committed to it. Fighters have started training for these fights. Connor came back and wants to fight Dustin, so he went out and got him his own date. It's January 23. So all that tw- January 23 stuff, cool, cool, cool. But this, this... Would anybody disagree he was retired? I think anybody that followed the sport would disagree that he was retired. Because in order to retire, you need to remove yourself from the USADA testing pool. Conor McGregor never removed himself from the USADA testing pool. Therefore, he's not retired. He's taking a break. Big, big difference there. Big difference. So... He was never retired. He was taking a break. And the UFC used that tweet that he retired the third time he tweeted that he was retired. So, come on now there. Used that tweet to say that he was retired in the hopes of getting a fight for him in 2021 when he when maybe the UFC can, can put a crowd in an arena or a stadium. Which leads me to... Conor McGregor's tweet that distracted me earlier. Now, if you think McGregor was going to go quietly into this negotiation and just say, yep, I'm going to fight on January 23rd 
and it can be wherever. It can be at the apex or on Fight Island where there are no crowds and there's no plans to be crowds at either of those locations. That didn't happen. McGregor is not going to go quietly into into any kind of negotiation or, in, or anything because, as we know, the focus can't be anyone but Conor McGregor when it's a Conor McGregor fight. And so Dana White did this with the uh, January 23, and Conor McGregor came back with um, a little bit of his own because, of course, he did, and that little bit of his own was saying that he agreed to the fight on January 23rd, but he wants the fight to take place in Dallas at, at um, Cowboy Stadium because, of course, he does. Because Texas um, Commission said that it's accepting applications for combat sports to hold events in locations that have that can um, accept 50, they can accept 50% 50% um, attendance in these in these locations and but it's going to be up to the promotion to provide the information on how they're going to make it safe and the commission is also going to have a it has a clause in there that it can it can cancel the event up into up until the fights are scheduled to take place and we know that COVID-19 cases in Texas are starting to ramp back up. So I don't know if this is going to happen, but this is, again, McGregor trying to, to, to angle hit something into the way he wants it to be. If I'm the UFC, I don't risk putting 50,000 people in a stadium while COVID is still ramping up. COVID-19 cases in Texas would have to be ramping down significantly, significantly over a pretty long period of time before I'm even thinking about putting a fight in an, in an arena, much less a stadium. It's logistically a nightmare right now. I mean, a, a UFC event in this stadium would probably be logistically an issue anyway. But now when you're in a pandemic and cases are going up, and you have to provide all this information and you're going to lay out all that money. And if it gets canceled because of the COVID-19 cases not leveling off or dropping, well, I don't risk that money. I don't even think about risking that money. And this is a way for Conor McGregor to once again try and get what he wants and try and leverage himself over Dana White. So if I'm Dana White, now that Dana White knows he has the power back in his hands a little bit, somewhat, because he forced, quote-unquote, forced McGregor to take this fight on January 23rd, well, now now White can now White is going to try and twist things a little harder. And he's I think he's going to do uh, as much as he wants to have a, a t- ticket sales for, these, for a Conor McGregor event. I don't think that they can do it. I don't even think they should think about it. Now, uh, as we sit here in October, we know, like I said, the cases are going up. If they start to drop in December, I don't think they will because no one has shown any reason to make me believe that they will. Well, then maybe you start considering it. 
but you don't book that stadium now. You don't invest all that time and energy and money into setting something up that might just, just go away. You don't do it. You don't do it. So I think McGregor's trying again to show some power. And I think and I think and hope White will will call that and say, no, this is the date. This is where it's going to be. It's yes or no, which is what he did for the date. So I don't think Conor McGregor has really any bargaining position anymore. He he laid down his hand on the date. And now everything is in White's course court. So. I think McGregor's SOL here, and if I'm the UFC, until cases are dropping, I'm not thinking about having a live event with a crowd. It's unsafe. Um, it would probably, maybe, open the UFC up to some lawsuits, I would guess, if, if something bad happened, unless everyone's going to sign a waiver. Um, I just don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of crowds right now as as everything sits and nothing's telling me that it's going to be any different in in January so the negotiations are still going on here don't think that just because McGregor did this tweet that this is a done deal so we'll see how this all shakes out if it shakes if it's me that fight's taking place at the Apex, or it's taking place on Fight Island, and there is no crowd. No crowd whatsoever, because, like I said, not safe right now. Something changes, something changes. But if I'm trying, if I'm booking ahead and laying things out right now, no crowds. So, we'll see what McGregor gets here. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't book on it because the UFC knows. There's another reason not to not to put a crowd in. The UFC knows, because it holds all the cards here, that if McGregor is going to fight Pacquiao, the UFC is going to get a chunk of that money. And so whatever money they would have made in ticket sales, they can now make off the, the Pacquiao fight by allowing McGregor to fight that. Because McGregor doesn't get the box unless the UFC says he gets the box. And McGregor doesn't box unless the UFC gets a good chunk of change from McGregor's cut of that purse. So, still a lot to think about. Still got to be negotiated. And we'll see where it goes. Dustin Poirier opened up a little bit about the situation he's in, or was in. and Well, he kind of still is, because this fight with the McGregor is not official. Um, it sounds like he was offered the Michael Chandler fight for the same money that he was offered the Tony Ferguson fight. And we know that the Tony Ferguson fight fell apart over money on both sides. Poirier and Ferguson both felt that they were being, for lack of a better term, rip, ripped off for, by the UFC. And I agree with that. If they were, if, if they don't feel comfortable that they were getting what they, what they are owed or deserve, that's their call because they know what they're worth and they they both know that their value to the UFC is extremely high. And Poye pointed out some things here when he talked to ESPN earlier, I think it was today. He said he's been in the UFC for 10 years. He's fought in eight main events. He's had two, two pay-per-view main events. 
and he's a consistent uh, nominee or under consideration for fight of the year. All those things are facts. And then if Michael Chandler, and he didn't come out right and say it, but the implication was very strong that Chandler is going to make more money than Poirier in Chandler's first UFC fight. And that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But that's the way the UFC does things. They have the contracts. They're set in stone, more or less. There's very little, little wiggle room for a fighter. All the power's on the side of the UFC. So Poirier's been in the UFC for 10 years. He he's, has all these accolades, all these achievements. Always a fight that people will turn it, tune into. Always someone the UFC will watch. And this goes this the same for Tony Ferguson. These guys are fan favorites. And if they're not fan favorites, they're, they are fighters who you will watch no matter who they fight. There's not many of those folks in the UFC. There's a handful. Those two are, are, are on that list. Chandler, I don't know if he is on that list. As if people just follow the UFC, I don't think Chandler's on that list. I don't think Chandler. I don't think Chandler registers to a casual, at least not to a level of a Poirier or a Ferguson. Will. So, if if the UFC had to offer Chandler that much money to get him, well, then these guys, the veterans both former interim champions, both fantastic fighters. They should be paid more than Michael Chandler. If it's a one-fight deal, it's a one-fight deal. But you can't tell me that Poirier and Ferguson aren't worth more to the UFC than Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler hasn't fought in the UFC. So... I don't. There's no way you can convince me that Ferguson or Poirier should not be paid more than Michael Chandler, and so I I'm glad that both those guys turned that fight down. If it was over money, if Chandler was going to make more than than either of them, that's goddamn ridiculous. But that's the nature of the UFC contract. You take what we offer you, or you shut the hell up, and screw. And Poirier got quote unquote lucky because he's going to get the fight. Fight McGregor, hopefully, but but that that was based on McGregor's request, and Ferguson got the shaft because he's not fighting right now. But I would rather stand by my principles than than take the shit that the UFC tries to feed some of these guys. So it's disappointing to learn that Michael Chandler might be making more than two of the best fighters. In the UFC's lightweight division. Very disappointing. Um, but that's the way the UFC does business. Once you're in, you uh, you don't see a lot of advancement. you got to get your money up front. So congratulations to Michael Chandler and his crew for doing that. But the UFC shafting these other people, it's unnecessary. Especially because we know how much money there is to be to that that could go to the fighters. So we'll see, we'll see. But um, Dustin Poirier is right in what he told ESPN, and and this goes for like I said, goes to Tony Ferguson as well. They've both bled too much 
for the UFC to be disrespected like that. And it is disrespect if, if Chandler is going to make more than them. Just straight up disrespect. And um, not the first time the UFC has done something like that. And that'll be it for tonight. Be back tomorrow. And until then, stay safe. Mm -hmm.